We're going to go to Proverbs tonight, chapter 25. Proverbs chapter 25. I've talked about, I, I think back when we were going through the book of Proverbs, we might have touched on this verse a little bit. But I want to speak more about it because there's really some great things. I'm going to look, we're going to look at some other passages too. But you know, one of the things that um, you know, most of the problems that we have all right, now I'm not trying to sound like a Christian scientist today. Uh, you know, the Christian scientists—they're another pretty crazy group out there that they don't—they don't believe in pain. Uh, they believe all pain and all sickness—it's all kind of in the mind. Um, if you—if you are sick, it's obviously a spiritual problem. You let yourself get to that point. Your mind did that, and I've always wanted to punch them in the nose. And when they're, you know, crying in pain, it's like I'm sorry, it's all in your mind. You just need to get right with God. But. Um, you know, that's not probably not the way to handle it. But however, a lot of what we deal with, though, is mental. I mean, honestly, most of the, uh, a lot of our problems that we have are they're you know they're emotional problems or uh, you know anxiety problems, and we just get all we get real upset and worked up about things, and they completely will affect our attitude. They will completely affect everything we do. I mean, and I, and I'm not even saying that it's all bad. Listen, there's some things that. You're going to be anxious about. There's some things that are going to stress you out and are going to get you upset and they're going to have you concerned. But you know, most of the things that we deal with, though, they are a lot. A lot of it's kind of up there. You know, I've I've never been in a situation where somebody was you know trying to kill me. I've never been in a war where I was actually out fighting a battle somewhere and I was uh, you know physically scared for my life. But you know what? There's been many times when I've been pretty stressed out. And I've been pretty upset and worried about things. And in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 28, it says, He that hath no rule over his own spirit is like a city that is broken down and without walls. A city that is broken down and without walls. What this verse is saying is that if you don't rule over your spirit... You're not going to have protection against whatever enemy comes after you. And notice how it says that ruleth over his own spirit. Most people, they let other people rule their spirit. I mean, they'll be in a bad mood. You've all seen this with your kids. My kids pretty regularly, you know, they will, they'll get in a bad mood. And they're upset and maybe crying or whatever. And if you ask your children, what's wrong with you? Nine times out of ten? It's my brother. It's my sister. They're doing this. You know, I, I'm in a bad mood because of them. It's always somebody else's fault, isn't it? So you're going to let your brother or your sister control your attitude. Imagine, you know, all of us here, we want to be happy people. We want to have a good day. But we will let other people sometimes, because of a word, because of a look on their face, destroy our entire day. Destroy our whole week. And one of the things that causes people many times to lose the most control over their spirit, it's hurt feelings. And something that we just need to realize when it comes to these things is that one, your feelings are going to get hurt at some point. First Peter chapter 4. First Peter chapter 4. 
Verse 12, it says, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you as though some strange thing happened unto you. But rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when His glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye for the Spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part He is evil spoken of, but on your part He is glorified. He says, don't think these things that are going on are some strange thing. One of the things that I try very hard to do, Dan, I'm not saying I'm 100% successful in this, but you know a lot of times, for example, pastors, I will hear them talking about the difficult times that they're going through. And sometimes it'll start with, well, I, I just had some folks leave our church. Okay, now, I understand that's not what you want to happen. I That's... You know, definitely not going to make me happy if you all leave the church. But you know what? I've talked to enough pastors to know that if that happens, it's not some strange thing that's only happened to me. It it's just kind of part of the business. People say, you know, they come and go. They don't. They sometimes move. Sometimes they get mad. Sometimes they just get backslidden. I mean, there's all kinds of different reasons, good and bad. People come and go. But sometimes when people just get so upset by it, and it's like, well, wait a minute. Did everybody leave your church? I hope you're not bringing this attitude to the pulpit because that's really going to stink for the people that are still there. I mean, how would you all like it if today, uh, you know, you all took the time, you come out here to church, and I'm looking around, I'm like, Brother Menez isn't here today. He's sick. I'm just, I'm not even going to preach. My message was just for him. And so, you know, forget, forget about preaching this to the rest of you. Uh, let's just pack up our things and go home. Well, that's not really fair, is it? And, but many times, though, people, when they're going through those things, they act like they're the only person it's ever happened to. Maybe somebody in the church said, I, this morning I, I touched on, you know, people who complain about church and say, well, I don't go to church because of all the hypocrites. Oh, really? You've experienced that before. You've come across a hypocrite in a church. Wow, congratulations. You're probably the first person that's ever happened to. No, that happens to everybody. There is no perfect people in any church. And many people, though, they will allow somebody else to stop them from doing the things that they're supposed to do. And they will act like that they're the only person that that's ever happened to. Maybe somebody gets sick. And... Man, I don't know what the Lord's trying to tell me. I don't know what the Lord's doing to me. Hey, people just get sick sometimes. There's a lot of germs out there. There's a lot of diseases out there. I've known people that their car breaks down. Lord, what are you trying to tell me? Trying to tell you your car's getting old. (laughs) Hey, those things just happen sometimes. Things just come up. and And sometimes people, they act like they think that Every day of their life is supposed to just be smooth sailing and nothing is ever going to happen. And one of the things that get people down the most are things that are done to them by other people. And the truth is, people should not have to walk on eggshells. There shouldn't be like walking on eggshells around you. Listen, I don't want to hurt people's feelings. I don't set out to hurt people's feelings. But there are some folks out there that it's hard not to do it. I mean, I'm, I'm known people like that. That boy, you just got to be really, really careful what you say around them. Otherwise, they're going to get upset. 
They're gonna have they're gonna have a problem. And you know what? People like that rarely get close friends. Because nobody wants that stress of trying to you know, make sure they don't ever say the wrong thing around uh, around you. Sometimes, sometimes our feelings need to be hurt. Proverbs chapter twenty-seven, and verse six. I'll read this one verse to you. If I quote it, I'll probably mess it up. Proverbs twenty-seven, verse six it says, "Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful." The truth is, somebody that does care about you, somebody that does love you. Sometimes they're going to put you in your place. They're going to tell you not what you want to hear, but what you what you need to hear. But the kisses of an enemy, they're just trying to deceive you. They're just trying to get what they want from you. They really don't care where you end up. They really don't care what happens to you. I mean, it's just a good rule. I mean, if you've got you know, you young people, if you've got friends that try to get you to try drugs and alcohol or cigarettes, I mean, you can mark it down. They really don't care about you. Otherwise, they would not try to get you to do those things. They are using you to as as a way. If they can get you to do it, they can feel better about themselves. Nobody wants to be alone in sin. I mean, when it comes to sin, people they want to recruit. For example, you know, the homosexual crowd. You know, why don't they just, you know, why why does that have to be the first thing they announce about themselves? Why does that have to be something that, I mean, it's, it's the first thing that they mention? Why do they work so hard to recruit? Why do they just, why do they have to have rallies? Listen, there's a lot of people out there that don't like Christians. I'm not gonna go leading a protest at Washington trying to get them to pass legislation against hate speech against Christians. I really don't care what they say. Hey, as long as they're not out there killing me and if I'm, you know, as long as I can live safe and not worry about getting beat up, I really don't care what they think. Why do they care so much? Because they they need that approval. They need people to uh to join them and do what they're doing because they have this you know We all have a conscience. And it bothers them what they do. And they want they want to recruit people. And somebody who really cares about you, they are not if they are involved in sin, if they are doing things that are wicked, they're not going to encourage you to do those things. They're going to tell you they're going to tell you the truth. And sometimes, though, that might mean getting your feelings hurt. Sometimes our feelings need to be hurt. Sometimes we might need to be embarrassed a little bit. I mean, last thing that you want me to tell you if I'm talking to you is, hey, you got a big booger right there on your lip. Alright? You don't want to hear that. But at the same time, if I really care about you, I'm going to warn you before you go talking to too many other people. Have you ever been there before? You've been there where you go walking in the mirror and you see something you're like, oh my goodness. How many people did I talk to? How long has it been there? Who know, you know? Who noticed? We've all been there. We've seen it before. And it's like, why didn't somebody tell me? Because they didn't. They were too worried about hurting your feelings. I'm thankful for those that you know. Many of my friends, I can tell. I can tell them what I think. We can be blunt with each other, and you no, know, it's not going to destroy our friendship. It's because these people, they're, they're ruling over their own spirit. They are the ones in charge. Most people today, they let everybody else basically decide their attitude for them. 
There's people out there. I mean, I, I work in a factory now. Haven't experienced any of this yet, but I, I guarantee it because I've, I've worked in them before. There are always going to be people there. You've probably experienced this. There's people that love to... They love the power, the feeling of power that comes from being able to manipulate somebody else's emotions. They love doing it. I mean, it just it makes I mean it makes you feel good if all you can have to do is snap a finger and you can make somebody magically start crying. It said it gives a feeling of power. My sisters, all right. Uh, unfortunately, I wasn't always as nice to them as I should be, and I used to I used to brag to my friends about how with one word I could get them crying, and how I mean I would brag about how easily I could get them upset. And, you know, not all of them were like that. Some of them, it took a lot of work for me to upset them. And you know what? It wasn't worth it. So I wasn't going to try. And I've worked with people before. I remember one fellow I worked with. He was actually he was actually from this area, worked in Spring Valley, and he was a hothead. I mean, he would get so mad. And it was kind of funny to watch him lose his temper. It was kind of entertaining just to watch him blow his top. He had no control over his his anger and his emotions. And there were these three guys that were there. That they were they were the type that loved to manipulate people's emotions. They loved playing around with people's minds. And this guy was their favorite person to pick on. And he would wonder, why is everybody picking on me? And why is everybody doing this to me? Because it's so easy. You know, they, these guys, they've tried it on other people before, but it doesn't work. Well, I remember when I was a, a, a youth pastor, you know, there was you know, a teenager that was real good at doing that type of thing to some of the females. I mean, he could get them crying so easy. And I, I had, finally I asked these girls one time, I was like, why do you think he does this to you and not other people? And, you know, I'm, they had some answers that weren't legit. And I just told him, I said, it's because it's so easy. If he had to run to the end of the hall and run back to get you crying, he wouldn't do it. That'd be too much work. So, but you make it so easy. And, by, and the Bible says that he that hath no rule over his own spirit, it's like a city broken down without walls. Okay, if you are an army and you're wanting to go conquer a city, and you've got a city that's got good, strong walls, and another one that has no protection, who are you going to go after first? You're going to go after the one with no protection. And many people, they go out there without protection. If you were out there fighting in a battle back in those days and you see a guy, he's all covered with armor and he's got his weapons in hand you see somebody else out there just kind of running around trying to figure out what to do, hey, you're going to go after the guy that doesn't have any protection. You're going to go after the one that has no armor. The, the easiest one. And many people today, they have no rule over their spirit and that's why they're always having problems and getting upset by things. But listen, just because somebody hurts your feelings, it doesn't mean that they hate you. Many times we, we take things way too personal when stuff happens. Some, listen, sometimes when things happen, it has nothing to do with you, but many people are very good about making everything about themselves. Sometimes, for example, your family are going to hurt your feelings. Well, that shouldn't happen. No, it shouldn't happen, but it's going to happen. And you know why? Because you're around your family a lot. When you're around, when imperfect people are around imperfect people enough, 
Stuff's going to happen. Stuff's going to be said. Comments are going to be made. Your friends are going to hurt your feelings. It's going to happen. But one of the things that really helped me out with this is I got to thinking about it because, you know, whenever something is said about us, alright, for example, alright, you know, we'll we'll just use Daniel tonight. You know, something is said, maybe Brother Lonnie saw Daniel's shirt and was like, I don't like Daniel's shirt. Okay? I mean, it just, Lonnie doesn't have a filter on his mouth. He thinks something and it just comes right out of his mouth. Okay? He literally, that was just his first impression. It came out. He shouldn't have said that. That was a terrible thing to say. But you know what? Chances are, as quick as he said that, he kind of forgot about it. But Daniel, though, and this is, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm sexist or anything, but when it comes to ladies too and outfits and things, they get a lot more upset by stuff that's said. But, uh, you know, he dwells on it all week. Did you hear what Lonnie said about my shirt? I can't believe he said that. He goes and tells Samuel, did you hear what he said about my shirt? And he's going around and he's telling everybody about what Brother Lonnie said. And the whole time he's getting more and more upset. He's getting madder and madder. Next week he comes and he's still remembering what was said about him. Brother Lonnie's already forgot what he said about Daniel. All of a sudden he's noticing the friction. He's picking it up and he's like, what did I do? What's my problem? You know, what, what happened? What's wrong with Daniel? Well, that guy's got an attitude. And now all of a sudden, they're kind of fighting with each other. Brother Lonnie doesn't even know why. He just thinks it's because Daniel's got a bad attitude. But it's all because of one little thing that took almost no thought that was said. And many times, that's how, that's how most things happen. And I remember I got to think about it because the truth is, there have been times, if we're honest, okay, if, we're, if we are honest, and you don't have to raise your hand, but I wonder how many in here before have ever maybe a, husband, a wife was talking to her husband and said, you know what? I didn't like so-and-so's new hairdo. Okay, now, now think about it. When you said that to your husband, did, were you meaning that you hated that person? Absolutely not. You didn't hate them. You're making an observation. I didn't like the new hairdo. I didn't like the outfit that they picked out. And you know, the husband, he's just like, yeah, fine, we're just going to agree on something like that. We don't pay that much attention to hairdos and things like that. But you know, and literally, the conversation was probably over. I mean, I've done that before. I've noticed, you know, somebody like, man, I can't believe they did that to their hair. And, And that's the end. Should I have said that to my wife? Should I have thought anything negative against it? Probably not. But sorry, I did. I couldn't help it, all right? Would I ever tell that to that person? No way. And But the thing is, the pro, sometimes though, when those things do get out, if that were to get out, and somebody finds out that this person said that they didn't like their hairdo, the imagination is going to take that a hundred different ways, isn't it? I wonder who all they said that to. They've probably been telling everybody how they hate my hairdo. They probably, I mean, you know, they're probably, I mean, just, they'll go on and on imagining all these things and for weeks and sometimes even for months, it will bother them. And the other person has completely forgotten about it. If you were to go confront them, I can't believe what you said about my hair. What did I say? I, you know, because the truth is, 
Unfortunately, most of us, we don't always think before we speak, do we? We don't. We just, we just talk. But you got it. One of the things that I've done whenever I've heard what's been said about me, I just try to assume, you know, it was probably just some quick observation somebody made. Oh, well, I don't think that means that they hate me. But boy, we take it, we take it personally. But things are going to be said. People, they get bored. They talk about things that they shouldn't be talking about. And it's going to happen. And if you let things like that control you, if you let that cause you to quit serving God, then you're going to, you're never going to, you're never going to be able to be victorious for Christ because you're letting other people control what you do. Your foes, they're going to hurt your feelings. But you know what? That's to be expected. There's going to be other people. There's, there are people out there that aren't going to like you. They're going to say things about you. They do that on purpose because they're trying to you know, attack your spirit. They're trying to get you down. They're trying to put you in the bad mood like the fellow I worked with. These guys, they didn't care about him. All they cared about was their own entertainment and it was entertaining watching him lose his temper. They didn't care. And he would get so upset. And I went to like, you know, don't let guys like that control you. I, I remember I told him, I said, if you would ignore these things that they do, and it was, it was little things too. I mean, it was very small things. They, have enough, they had enough rules and stuff there. If they had done too much, they could have lost their job. But the thing is, they didn't have to do much. And that's why they did it. And I told him, I said, if you would just ignore it, they are going to get bored and they are going to move on to somebody else. And you all, you, you probably had people you went to school with like that. It's just the way it goes. But many times, people that, that are having problems getting their feelings hurt all the time, their real problem is a pride problem. Proverbs chapter 16 Verse 18 says, Pride goeth before destruction, and an haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of an humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. He that handleth the matter wisely shall find good, and whoso trusteth in the Lord, happy is he. Notice how it says it's better to be of a humble spirit with the lowly. Okay, now that's the lowly. That's people, they don't think much of themselves. That's people, they are pretty down on themselves. And God's not saying, hey, I want you to be down on yourself. I want you to think that you're just nothing but garbage. God's not saying that at all. But what He is saying is you would be better off keeping company with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. You would be better off being with them than that arrogant crowd that just thinks they're the greatest thing that ever happened because pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And see, the, when you are humble, you're going to understand if somebody has a problem with them. See, I understand that I'm not the greatest in the world at really anything I do. I mean, I've got, I've got a cool trick I can do with some quarters where I can... Put three of them on the top of my hand. I can throw them up and catch them one at a time. But there's probably somebody out there that can do it better than me. <laughs> I'm not the best at anything. Okay? And so if I have that humble attitude, if somebody's talking, you know, I heard you know, Brother uh, So-and-so, the preacher, he preaches better than Pastor Tommy does. Oh, I've always thought I was the greatest preacher that ever walked the face of the earth. 
That's going to upset me. But hey, I know I'm not the best out there. I know that. I know I'm not the best singer. I know I'm not the best looking. I know all those things. But if I have a pride problem, that's really going to get, that's really going to, get to me. I'm going to let that cause me to want to give up. The humble. They understand if somebody has a problem with them. The humble, they can handle rebuke. Boy, we hate that when somebody tells us, hey, you were wrong in this. And they rebuke us for it. I mean, that's why... I mean, how many of you, you've been there before where you're out driving and you start to maybe switch lanes and all of a sudden you hear somebody honking at you. They were in your blind spot. You almost ran them off the road. It was your fault. But you know when they honk at you, you know what they're doing? They're rebuking you. And you were wrong. But what do we want to do? You know, we want to... Who are you honking at? What's wrong with you? You know, just get out... you know why? It's pride. Oh man, I really. I, we know we messed up, don't we? We know that we were. We know that we were wrong, and we feel stupid. We've all been there before, where you just you do something stupid driving. You just usually what you know. What I do is you know whenever I do something stupid, you just keep looking ahead, don't make eye contact, don't make eye contact, and that's why usually when somebody does something stupid to me, the first thing I try to do is make eye contact with them while my wife's yelling at me the whole time, stop looking at them, stop doing that. I was like, no, I'm going to make eye contact. I want to make sure that they know that they were stupid. And, you know, and boy, we hate it when people do it to us, so don't we? I did that one time. I almost got ran off the road by a truck driver. And I went, you know, I, I did the rude laying on the horn for a really long time. It's like, you know, there, you know there's the friendly honk. You know, hey, somebody's here. There's the, you know, wild one. Hey, you know, get out of the way. This is this serious. And then there's just the jerk honk. You just hold it down for a really long time. My wife hates when I do that, but I love it. That's why. And uh, I did that one time, and I went to make eye contact, and I made eye contact, and it was <laughs> it was somebody I knew, it was a good friend of mine from my dad's church. I'm like, I immediately switched it to a smile. Ah, <laughs> just having fun. I thought. What an idiot! I should have known, you know. And, and but uh, where was I going? Oh, it's because. But we do. We have we have that pride problem, and so and that's why that's why we act the way they do. That's why when people do stuff stupid, I mean, don't you hate that when somebody else does something stupid on the road and you honk at them and then they go and they throw a dirty gesture at you or something? That's called pride. They just got rebuked and they can't stand it. They just got proved wrong and they can't stand it. And that is a pride problem. And sometimes we need to be rebuked. Sometimes we need to be corrected. And it's not what we want to hear. Especially, too, you know, if it's maybe from somebody that we feel is below us. You know, maybe your kids. You know, mom, dad. Maybe they point out an inconsistency in your life, in the home. I'm the dad. Find your own business. You know, this is what I want to do. And we, boy, we hate that kind of thing. Kids sometimes they hate getting the rebukes from their parents, especially when you become a teenager and all of a sudden you've just been enlightened and you know everything and your parents still think they know more than you do and you're like, you know, and they rebuke you for something. Oh man, that pride, it just, it takes over. And it can get real ugly. And all they did was just try to correct something that clearly was wrong. Hey, you shouldn't have done that. I, you know, you've seen the shows and things before. I haven't had any teenagers yet. I haven't had to deal with it. But where, you know, the teenager they do, they do something bad, 
you know, their dad will go and bail them out of jail or something. And then he goes and wants to have a talk with them after that. I don't want to hear it, Dad. Hey, listen, he just bailed you out of jail. I think you deserve a good bawling out for a while. I think it is, I think, I think that's the leap. But pride, it sets in and we don't want to hear it. But, um, the humble though, they're going to be able to handle those things. They're going to be able to understand, hey, I messed this up. I, I was wrong. And you know what? You're going to take it. I've been there before where I messed up. I did, I did something stupid. I made a mistake and you just had to, you had to kind of take it. You had to kind of listen to it. Right after we moved into our house and I went and I was mowing the grass and I threw those rocks through the window. It's like, oh, I have to hear it from my wife. <laughs> you know, and I, I listened a little bit and I got tired of it pretty quick. <laughs> it's like, hey, you, you messed up. You did something stupid. And we've all been there before. You know, my wife, she's always at, a lot of times she'll ask me to pick something up for her, you know, before I come home. And I forget quite a bit. I don't try to. And I, I, you know, I usually remember right when I'm pulling in the driveway and it's like, oh, I'm going to have to hear it. And I, it stinks too because I deserve it. <laughs> I forgot. And we don't like that. When we, that and we've got, to, we've got to understand that, hey, sometimes we need these things and we're not going to allow somebody correcting us that rebuke to be the thing that causes our spirit to be devastated and destroyed. We're not going to be uh, like that city that's broken down and without walls. Anybody can come in. And when we, when we don't rule over our spirit, I mean, there's no telling what it's going to be that's going to take you down. Because the truth is, if you don't have those walls built up, then Satan, he can send in pretty much anything. He can use whatever means necessary. You know, there are some people that have fallen that it's been, I mean, they're in difficult battles. I mean, they're facing some hard times. I've seen people, they're, they're going through some very difficult times. And Satan breaks through and gets them. And I'm like, you know, and I, and I, I feel bad for them. I mean, I, I don't know how I would have handled that situation. But then I've seen other people who the littlest thing happened to them, and that destroyed them. That finished them. What was the difference? So that one, they at least had some walls. They at least had some protection. And then but the others, they had none. They had nothing. I remember uh, Pastor Keith Gomez a few years back when um, I, I remember we went and visited their youth conference and his son had just been in a horrible motorcycle accident. And his son, I mean, they thought for a long time that he was going to die and it was, just, it was just terrible all that they went through. And I, I've heard him tell the story uh, a few times just about all that, all that happened. And they were, I mean, it was a very, very difficult time for them. When they almost lost their son. And I remember right after that happened, his wife ended up getting cancer and ended up dying. I mean, it took her quick. And boy, just it really devastated. I mean, he's I remember watching Brother Gomez, he's going through all this. I remember telling my wife, I was like, man, I said, I don't know how he's gonna bounce back from this. I mean, it was it was very difficult. Um, I didn't know how he was going to keep pastoring that big church, you know, without without a wife, and after all that he had been through. And I I remember, you know, we just prayed for him, just kind of watched and observed. And long story short, he he bounced back. I mean, he got right back to doing 
what he was supposed to do. And he got through that difficult time. He got through that crisis. And I'm telling you, the last few times I've heard him preach, I think he's preached better than I've ever heard him preach before. He's still going on. You know why? He had some walls built up. He was able to rule over his own spirit. It was tough where the devil threw some difficult things at him. The devil's going to throw some difficult things at you. But you know what? God, God can help us. He'll protect us. And we can find out how to build those walls up through His Word by, by protecting our spirit, by, by being humble. And understanding that we're not so special that bad things can't happen to us. That's what happens to many people. You know, when they lose a loved one, you know, why would God allow this to happen to me? I didn't deserve this to happen. I've been faithful to God. I'm serving God. I'm a good person. Why would this happen to me? I can understand it if it would happen to the drunk out there. I can understand it if it happens to the drug dealer or these low lives that are out there. But why would this happen to me? And the difference is people some have that humble spirit. And so they're able to get through those difficult times. They rule over their own spirit. And so we need, to, we need to pray for God to give us the strength to conquer our spirit or our feelings. Proverbs 16, verse 32 says, He that is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he that ruleth his spirit than he that taketh the city. You know, your anger is the thing that's going to get you in trouble most of the time. It's the thing that gets me in trouble half the time. In October, I was, I was talking with Brother Davis. He's going to be preaching. Brother S.M. Davis is going to be preaching for us the last week, uh, Tuesday there in October. And um, he, he's got some great messages on anger. And one is, is the high cost of anger that he's going to be preaching. And I, I thought he'd asked me what I wanted him to preach. And I thought that was so important because that very thing right there, not being able to control oneself, not being able to control their anger is what gets people in most of the trouble. Because truth is, all these things we've been talking about, most of the trouble that we get into is really, if we're honest, just because of ourselves. We blame everybody else. But the only way other people can get us in trouble like that is if we have no walls. If we are not able to rule over our own spirit. And we've got, to, we've got to determine our heart that, hey, I'm going to rule over my spirit. I'm not going to let my neighbors rule over my spirit. I'm not going to let my co-workers rule over my spirit. I'm not going to let my wife and kids rule over my spirit. I am going to rule over my own spirit. I am the one that's going to do that because people just aren't always going to accommodate you. So many people today that are in church, they, they, I've known people that for years and years they've just had this attitude that, you know, we're just, we can never move forward until so and so get things right. Well, I really love it if the Lord would send revival, but I don't know how the Lord's going to send revival with all the problems with so and so. All of a sudden, whatever his problems, like, are you really going to let them stop you from having revival? Do you really need that? Are you going to let another person stop you from getting the best that God has for your life? People that sometimes they will they'll want to leave a church because they don't like somebody else in it. Say, so, hey, do you believe this is the church that God has for you? Do you believe that is this the church where you want to be? Yes, but not if so and so there. So you're going to let that person basically decide what church that you're going to go to? I'm sorry, That's, I'm, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to let somebody else 
control me like that. And we've got to determine we are going to rule over our own spirits. Let's all stand together. Our heads bowed, eyes closed.